Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Back again with another episode. I'm David, your host, joined by our baseball analysts, my friends, my family, Art Tornabeni and Eric Mendelson. How's it going, fellas? Very good, my friend. Very good. A little chilly here in uh, in Maryland today, but uh, I'm dealing. How are you doing? You know, it's just, I feel like my, I'm living Groundhog's Day, like the movie, just over and over again, wake up, do the same thing, somewhat the same thing every day. It's a strange time, boys. It's a strange time we're living in right now. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I mean, took the words out of my mouth. I don't know if you guys do this, the pod in the same place each time, but I do. So, yeah, it's a nice rhythm to this. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, for me, I'm in a one-bedroom apartment, so not many places I can go. <laughs> yeah, have, have um, Zeke be on the pod. Uh, Zeke on the pod, man. You know, he'd be a wild animal, that's for sure. Um, we got a big show for you guys again today. Um, we're going through um, round 16 through 20 um, with Van Burnett from Pitchers List. Uh, we had a great conversation with him. Um, so we'll make sure that, uh, we'll get through some stuff with you first and then we'll tune you on for that. So we're going to start with our normal news and notes. All right. First little bit of news we have, uh, more than 50 major league baseball players represented all 30 teams representing all 30 teams raised nearly $1 million to provide over 4 million meals to support childhood hunger um, during this quarantine uh, or this coronavirus pandemic. Some of those players, uh, Adam Wainwright, Kyle Gibson, just a few, um, but just a great thing from a couple of these great guys. Um, Any thoughts on on this art? Just a great gesture for some of these guys. It's a great gesture. I mean, you start to think about all these, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Title I. Uh, all these students, all these young people who get their breakfasts from school, get their lunches from school every day, uh, and they get them free. And now that they're home, they're not able to get their school lunches anymore. And, um, you know, getting food on their table, getting food in their bellies, making sure that they stay healthy and can make through this all right. Uh, what a great gesture by these guys. That's so awesome. Here, here on that. And our other bit of news. We have, according to USA Today, Major League Baseball uh, 
basically discussed a radical plan that would eliminate the traditional American League and National Leagues for 2020, realigning all six divisions for an abbreviated season. The plan would have all 30 teams returning to their spring training sites in either Florida or Arizona, and they play regular season games only in those two states. Uh, this would, of course, be without fans and would reduce travel time and minimize risk. So you could potentially have divisions lined up where you have the Yankees playing the Phillies, uh, and they'd be division rivals. Or you could have the Red Sox and the Braves be division rivals, or the Dodgers and Indians. These are just a couple scenarios that are out there. Uh, Eric, does this sound intriguing to you, or is this something you're not a fan of? Uh, I think it's something that I'm not a fan of. Uh, on our Twitter account, I, at Trip Play Fantasy, uh, the Cactus nice League plug. West. The, the Cactus League West is loaded. They have the Dodgers, White Sox, Indians, Reds, and uh, Angels. Um, you know, some of the divisions are a little bit easier, so I don't get this alignment as much. But like I said, I'd take any baseball at this point. All right, what about you? I, I'd be interested to see because uh, they're are they traveling from Florida to Arizona, or are they just playing? Florida teams are playing Florida. Arizona teams are playing Arizona. And then the winners play each other. Is that how it is? That's or- from my understanding is that the teams will stay in that state. And then it, it's like that's the American League National League equivalent of just pretending there's no interleague play. Just pretend- Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I think that that division is stacked. I was looking at the Cubs division, and I think that's slightly softer than the average division, which made me a little happy. But uh, – <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, I think it's it's cool. I, I, um, I think that the idea was that the divisions were near each other within the states. Is that correct? I, I, I it's cool. I, I, I like I said, anything, anything. Uh, I think we all definitely echo that sentiment at this point. We we just want baseball. Yeah. Um, we're thirsty. And of course, we're going to keep <laughs> what you say, Eric? super we're thirsty. thirsty. Oh, I'll yes. be posting my baseball thirst traps next week. <laughs> um, I would do some I, bad I things for baseball season. <laughs> Why don't you uh, put it on Twitter? What things you'd be willing to do at baseball back, Eric? I'll put it uh, that our account is locked, so if people really want to know, then they'll have to follow us at Trip Play Fantasy for some interesting stuff Eric's going to tweet out this week. So check that out. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, as I was telling everybody before, please, uh, if you're enjoying the content, we've got plenty more topics that we're going to be touching on. We're finishing up some draft preview stuff next week. Um, we have another special guest next week as well. Um, but, uh, again, please, if you're enjoying the content, give us five stars. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, again, you can listen on Apple, Spotify, Anchor app. There's a lot of different platforms we have. Um, we want to grow. So your guys' feedback and leaving us ratings and reviews is what's going to help us grow in the uh, community. So we really appreciate all the listeners. Uh, as far as for this week, as I touched on, we have Van Burnett. He's a staff writer for Pitchers List, has written a lot of great articles for Pitchers List. We had a great conversation with him highlighting round 16 through 20. Um, us three all talked and, and thought that he was incredibly knowledgeable and uh, a real blast to have on. So um, please enjoy our conversation with Van Burnett, and we'll catch you guys next week. Weekly shout-out, Jeff McNeil. 
All right, we welcome in Van Burnett. Van is a staff writer for Pitchers List and recently wrote a great article on the breakout of Jack Flaherty and how it's not just a second-half surprise, but it's a, a, for real, uh, a for real breakout from Jack Flaherty. Surprise fact about Van is he's a big fan of the Abbott brothers, who I'm not going to lie, I have not heard of until today. Uh, but I did listen to three songs while I was working today, and it actually was pretty good. Van, how you doing, man? You know, guys, I'm doing all right. We're just all all taking it one day at a time. Actually, today is a, an especially uh, COVID present day in my life because my fiance and I had to postpone our wedding date from May 16th. Uh, so, yep, it was uh, kind of a, a milestone day here. But, you know, people uh, people got bigger situations they're dealing with and Overall, doing good. Just uh, hanging in, wishing we had some baseball and uh, some normal life. So uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Just kind of the same thing. Just trying to quarantine and survive at this point. Just stay safe inside and try to occupy our time as best we can. Baseball's the light um, at the end of the tunnel for me. It's like the one thing that seems like there's a chance that might happen this year. Yep, I yeah. hear you. And yeah, I, I, I tuned into a couple of the other pods you guys had when you're running through some of those crazy uh, scenarios, but hopefully some way, shape or form, we get some baseball. Speaking of baseball, man, I was reading your article on uh, on Jack Flair that I mentioned, and um, I thought it was interesting how you were talking about, I don't want to give this fully away to every all the listeners because I want them to read the article, um, but I thought it was interesting a couple of points you brought up about his uh, home run to fly ball rate going from 20% in the first half to 6% in the second half, and that he finished the year with the uh, highest soft contact rate. And I think you highlighted a lot how everybody just pays attention to the BABIP um, and that it wasn't sustainable, but you laid out a lot of other statistics why you thought um, the breakout was real. Um, so could you just give us a little bit of just, I know you're a Cardinals fan, um, just give us a little bit of just a background of the article a little bit and then, um, you know, what are your thoughts for Jack Flaherty going forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I, you know, probably like you guys, I'm, I'm uh, just an enthusiast when it comes to tuning into the podcasts around the industry, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the off season, I was hearing just so much uh, about Flaherty being overvalued and, and uh, you know, not worthy of, that high draft pick, I think his ADP was 21. So I uh, was wanting to do a, a deep dive article on somebody and being a Cardinals fan, I thought it'd be a fun one to basically play devil's advocate and say, you know, I've heard all, everybody kind of dismissing the breakout, but I wonder if there were parts of it that were real. So, um, you know, that kind of opened it up. And then the more I looked at the numbers, there's a lot to look at and, and like, especially with, you know, so much uncertainty with other starting pitchers around him. Um, so that kind of started it. But, uh, you know, ultimately, yeah, if you can go out and read the article, it's on pitcher list. But really, the, the uh, you know, the gist of it is that he, he, he expanded his, his pitch mix. And rather than just relying on a fastball that was getting hit pretty hard in the first half of the season, he started using his secondary pitches a lot more often and um you know that really unlocked a lot of results um there was some luck in it but um definitely not luck to a point where i i would ever say he's a a bust where he's going 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun doing that. And, um, you know, that was, I was actually on a work trip out in Las Vegas. So it was a, it was COVID was just starting to, to enter the scene. And I remember at that time I was just headphones on plugging away about Jack Flaherty in an airport. And, uh, yeah, fast forward to now it's, it's, it was cool. It was up, uh, kind of on the homepage on, on picture list for a couple days and we got a bunch of writers. So that was cool that they kept it up there. And, uh, I got messages, I think a guy in like France and an, another guy messaged me and they just said they really enjoyed it. And you guys asked if I'd come on the podcast. So yeah, it's been a cool little, uh, run. I'm looking forward to whatever the next piece is, but it's, it's always fun digging deep on these guys. Yeah, I Van, guess I thought. The, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Eric. Go ahead. Uh, no, so Van, right. this is art. I, I, you know, if you uh, on our starting pitcher preview episode, I actually called Jack Flaherty the most likely overdrafted guy, and on here, I'm I'm spitting talk about how he's a two pitch pitcher. Your article basically debunked that. Why do you think that uh, he's got this reputation? Yeah, I kind of, um, you know, initially I compared it to if you remember back in the day where you'd see these ESPN stats that say like, you know, Brett Favre has never thrown an interception when it's been between 11 and 14 degrees outside. And then you look and it's when it's 15 degrees outside, he's thrown three interceptions. So it's, it's all how you kind of slice up the data. And I had heard just so widely accepted that Flaherty was a two pitch pitcher. And then when you look at it, you know, his, his third and fourth pitch, you know, they, he throws those often enough to where if you combine those, I think it's close to 30% of his pitch mix. So it's like, you, you know, in a way, a lot of people say he doesn't even throw uh, a third pitch as much as 15% of the time. And it's like, well, yeah, but he throws a third and a fourth pitch 14% of the time. So what are we talking about here? So I think in the Seriously. article, Seriously. the article, the one I compared to is Shane Bieber, where their, their pitch mix, when you, when you look at it from that lens is almost almost identical and Bieber doesn't get that criticism and he's actually viewed as quite a value and kind of a industry darling. So it's like, you know, do I think that Flaherty is, is going to end the year as a top three or four pitcher? Uh, maybe not, but he's also super young. Um, people rave about, you know, his arm tunneling and his ability to, to keep batters off balance and, you know, he's got a great defense behind him. So if he continues to evolve his pitch mix, which it was a definite trend when you look at the numbers that, you know, it wasn't something that was just a fluke. He was he was certainly trying to do this more often and even into the postseason. So, you know, not only do I think that he, he's not a two-pitch pitcher, but I think that it's trending to, to broaden even more than it is right now. And Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this is the last year, assuming Flaherty does even somewhat close to, you know, what he did last year. This would probably be the last year you could get him at this type of value. Because if he shows that he can do somewhat anything close to last year, uh, his value in dynasty leagues especially, but also in redraft leagues, I feel like he's going to shoot up the draft. I was Okay. We're, he's gone. Van, you there? Hey, hey Van, sorry, guys. That, that dropped off. Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, we got your whole last answer, so thank you for that. Yeah. We can just pick, pick up um, from there. Van, I don't know if you heard the last question I just asked you. 
No, could you? Yeah, could you run that back? For yeah, me, yeah. Please? So I was saying, uh, Vance. So we looked, uh, or looking at Jack Flaherty. I think, kind of from what you're saying, this could be the last chance to get Jack Flaherty at his current price point. Because if he has anything close to what he did this year if, or last year, if he does anything like that this year, not only, especially in dynasty leagues, but um, in redraft leagues too, his value is going to skyrocket because he's going to show you that he's one of those top five or six pitchers yeah I think I think so it you know it's always in those early rounds it, it, it's about just it, especially in a redraft just not messing up right so mm-hmm. um, you know upside is key but you want guys who you know don't have huge question marks and I think the biggest thing is that if all of his question marks can be disproved um, just by you know, researching a little bit on some, some pitch usage splits and um, you know, even some of the common things that people knock him about with like, you know, BABIP and all those things is just like they were ignoring the the good parts of the argument. So yeah, I'm, I'm with what you said that in a dynasty league, I'd be trying to buy. Um, And in a redraft league, you know, it's not like I'm going to reach for him, but I'm under the impression that he'd be falling. So if, if he fell to, you know, pick 28 or early thirties, like I'm all over that. I was really big on Jack Flaherty last year, David and Art. No, Um, I tried to buy him and I almost got him. And then right after the guy declined the trade, he went off. So I, I think in a year like this, you need people that are sure bets. I think he's going to be a quality starting pitcher. Sure. Yeah, and the 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 unfortunate thing for me is I'm I'm in Peoria, Illinois, just kind of right in between a Chicago and St. Louis. So my home league is, you know, half Cubbies and half Cardinals. So unfortunately, <laughs> guys like and anyone on those teams comes at like a round premium usually. Oh man. <laughs> well. I, again, I invite everybody to go and check out that article on Pitcher List. It's a great article. Um, but we're going to move forward here, and we're going to go into our main piece. We're looking at the best and worst picks of rounds 16 through 20 based on Fantasy Pros ADP, and this is for a 12-team points league. So we're looking at picks 181 through 240 here, starting with round 16. So we pull up the Fantasy Pros ADP, and – Round 16, we've got some interesting guys here. Um, you know, some guys that have injury questions. One guy's not even signed by a team yet. Uh, so, Van, who are some guys you're going to be looking to target in this round? Well, in this round specifically, um, you know, there's some there's some interesting names. I mean, Luke Weaver, a lot of people like him, so I'd be surprised if he, if he stayed this late, but he did make, um, you know, a change in his pitching last year that led to some results. So, um, you know, that's this late in the draft. That's what you're looking for, right? It's like these are the guys that you, you want to be looking at upside because if they don't work out, you want to have that flexibility to, to kind of ditch them. Um, you know, the last thing I'm looking for in round 16 through 20 are stabilizers um, and conservative plays because especially on a shortened season with, uh, you know, whether it's 81 games or however it ends up, you don't want to be hamstrung. If, if somebody's breaking out, whether it's a pitcher or a batter, you want to have the flexibility to pounce on that. 
Um, so for me, I think a, a guy like Weaver is a great pick here because, you know, after three starts, you cut, you kind of know, was it real or was it not? Um, you know, just looking at some of these other ones, I think Lorenzo Kane people are sleeping on a little bit. Um, <laughs> if he can stay healthy, um, you know, he hasn't shown that that speed is done yet and steals are at such a premium this year. Um, but yeah, points league, you got to look at everything from a plate discipline standpoint. Um, so, you know, I mean, Puig, if he ever does get signed, I, his ADP is 184. Um, man, I don't know why the Indians don't sign him with their outfield. Um, but I've heard, I don't know if you guys have heard things, but you know, there were some rumors about white Sox. Um, who knows the, the other ones I wanted to highlight in this range, I think, uh, Justin Upton, just with Rendon going there. Um, you know, he had that turf toe issue last year that just pretty much wiped out that whole season, but that's a guy, that's a guy who you can really count on for like, you know, 28, 32 bombs and, um, you know, great counting stats to go with it. Um, and then the last one I wanted to, to note, just because it's kind of the Flaherty factor where a lot of people kind of fade Marcus Stroman. Um, but somebody in the industry who I think is just cut from a different cloth is Eno Saris. And if you guys listen to his podcast on rates and barrels, you know, he has such a different perspective. He'll talk about guys. And then when he's backing up stats, he'll say, well, yeah, I talked to him last week and he said he's working on his change up. And you're like, you talked to this guy last week. <laughs> so Stroman is one that he, you know, despite industry fading Stroman, he says that on uh, stuff and command rankings, Stroman actually comes in uh, really strong. And, you know, he's got a pretty high uh, a stuff rating of like 105. He's got this whole formula down and then league average command. And if you have, a super high score on one side and average or above on the other, you're in good shape. So um, I think Stroman's an interesting one with the Mets. I mean, the ballpark factor kind of doesn't apply this season, but um, you know, he, he's one that I, I think is interesting. I mean, most people count him out. So those are some names for this, this round. Interesting art. I know, um, your guy, Mike Fultonevich, uh, you are a huge fan of his. Can you explain why he might be someone that you're looking at in this round? I I, I like Mike Fultonevich because, uh, just like Van said, I think he has high upside. In 2018, Fultonevich put in an ace-level season. He was drafted for as it last year and kind of put in a dud start, got sent down. Came back up, though, and pitched the last month of the season pretty well. He got ripped in the playoffs, and that's probably one reason why his his end of the season isn't giving him a little bit more credit in the draft position. But I think Fultonevich has the upside to be a top 25, top 30 starter. I agree. Let's, let's move to round 17. Uh, I love this round. This is out of the five we're discussing. I think this is my favorite. Um, there's just, I, I think, so much talent to be had here. So, Van, who are some guys that catches that catch your eye from from picks 193 to 204? Yeah, good. It's a good call. I mean, there's a lot of names here um, that that just, you know, they're almost polarizing players. Um, you know, Ryan McMahon. It, it's you know, normally there's that Coors factor that people, uh, you know, get starry eyed and can picture the Babip and the home runs. But this year, if they're 
all playing on the same, you know, neutral park, so to speak, uh, th- that kind of loses the allure for, for him. Now, Garrett Hansen is two picks below him, um, and speed comes at such a premium. But uh, I'm with the industry that, you know, I, it's hard for me to trust the, the, the Rockies and just them pulling the strings with, with players. It's almost like the Dodgers are with pitchers. Um, you know, I've gotten burned. Another name in here is Andrew Heaney. <laughs> And I've bought in a couple seasons, and I know he's got the stuff. And I've seen, you know, the the starts where it looks like it all comes together, but then it just blows up, and it's usually just one bad inning. Um, but I've gotten burned a handful of times. So I'd say my favorite picks in this range, um, Luke Voigt, you know, as long as the playing time with New York isn't too log jammed where he's only playing two out of three games with that crowded infield, you know, Voigt's – somebody where it, it's his time between the barrel rate and just um, the lineup he's in. I, I think that um, you can't really go wrong with void at pick 200. Um, and then the last name I'll throw out, which goes against a little bit what I said earlier on the stabilizers, but uh, Adam Eaton, especially in a points league, uh, the guy just has, he's got good plate discipline. He's a stuff and things guy where he kind of fills up all the stats uh, which is great in a points league and, and uh, he can take a walk. So I, I like Eaton, even though he's one of those vanilla guys, um, you know, who a lot of people sleep on and he doesn't have a ton of upside. I think that he is the rare exception here where, you know, maybe if I've had a riskier start to my draft, you know, I'll, I'll say Adam Eaton, welcome to the squad. <laughs> and Adam Eaton, I think is going to give you good numbers as long as he stays healthy. But I think, the staying healthy part is always the biggest concern with Adam Eaton. Yeah, but I said about half the names. I'm star- sorry I'm stealing all uh, – this is your round. So who do you like <laughs> in this round? Well, I was going to say, Eric, let's – Eric, who are some guys that you're uh, looking at in this round, either guys that uh, that Van touched on or if there's others that, yeah, um, that you're I, looking at as well? Um, I'm kind of with you on Andrew Heaney. I, I teeter back and forth with him. He can show such good upside, but you're right, he does fall apart. I like Christian Walker. I think adding Starling Marte to the lineup is going to be good. He showed some power last year. I think Arizona um, has a sneaky good hitting lineup. And just to kind of roll the dice on a reliever, I think Joe Jimenez should hopefully have a decent leash at the beginning of the year. Um, Looked okay at the end of the season. He'll probably start out as the closer. So, you know, in our league, we need to get three relievers. So, you know. A, a guy with good job security. Is anybody on the Jose or Quiddy train? Yeah, I, it's a tough call. I mean, um, he's he kind of uh, he's like the wide awake sleeper because uh, people talk about him a lot, but Josh James is the one that's that's getting a lot more helium and is kind of flying up the draft boards there with the Astros. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Arkady is definitely worth a shot at this range, just because what we talked about earlier. It's like you'll know within the first few starts if he's if he's bringing it, and if not, you can just kind of yeah. cut bait. Right. Um, let's move to round eighteen, two hundred five to two sixteen. Um, there are some interesting names, uh, some popular sleepers in this range. Um, Art, I'm going to start with you this time. Who are a couple guys that you think that you'll want to draft um, in this round 18 picks? If I can wait 
on catchers and get Carson Kelly in the 18th in a points league. I'm very, very happy. He had a really good plate discipline feels one of the few catchers who does. I like Carson Kelly a lot. Uh, he looks like he's going to have the position with a little bit of um, Stephen Vogt playing, but uh, I like him. I also, uh, I know Caleb Smith did not pitch well down the stretch run last year after coming back from his injury, but he was so good at the start of the year last year. I want to give him a chance. I want to put him down as like my fifth or sixth starter with the strikeout upside. Uh, if he stays healthy and he comes into the year, he might pitch, you know, close to what he did at the start of last year. I like Caleb Smith and um, Kevin Newman's a great uh, middle infielder to, to put on your roster. Agreed on all those points. Then uh, anybody else that you're looking at for this round? No, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll second the Kevin Newman. Uh, that was actually my first piece I ever did for, for pitcher list. And it was right. Uh, I think I had added them on my, you know, my, my go-to league. Uh, so I had some bias going there as well. You can see how I pick uh, the guys who I, I write about. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Newman, man, he's got some some crazy good contact skills. Uh, last year, you know, at the time I was writing that piece, he his batting average outside of the strike zone, which is pretty much like, you know, your ability to hit tough pitches. He was number four in the majors behind names like Bellinger, Brantley, Christian Yelich. So you know, that's good company for a guy who's, you know, essentially a rookie. Um, so I like Newman there too. That's a good call. Um, you know, the industry loves Mark Canna. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. And, you know, I got him on my tap sports team. He's good to hit a few uh, tank jobs over the left field wall. But, uh, you know, the more I look at his stats, it's like, you know, it, he hit 273 last year, but his expected batting average was 248. Um, now, you know, points league factor, you're talking about walks and he, his walk rate did spike. Uh, it went from like, I think seven or 8% up to 13%. So I'll give him the plus on plate discipline, but I think for a guy like, like Canna, you know, if you're going to draft him, just know that he's probably closer to like a 250, 255 hitter and not like a 275 hitter. Um, so for, for how much everyone's talking about him, I could see him going to my league, like in the one eighties. And if that's the case, like go ahead, because, you know, I think he's solid. I just don't know that he's worth the reach that everyone's, everyone's talking about. Um, you know, the, I guess the last one to hit on here is I, I think Dylan Bundy's worth a shot. Um, it's again, not to sound like a broken record, but you'll know. I mean, he's, he's shown flashes in his career where he can strike out 12 in a game and go eight innings. And that's so rare. And I think he's at the, you know, his price here at pick 214 and him going to the angels where he's not going to be pitching half his games in Camden yards. You know, that's a guy that again, you can, you can throw out there for three or four starts. And if he's getting rocked, you just ditch him. But if it's working out well, then you just might've landed a guy who will be a, top 100 pick this yeah. year yeah yeah i'm very good on upside dylan pick. bundy i think he joins the list of pitchers of o's pitchers that do well once they leave he'll get more run support with that offense i think at this round he's such a value yeah why not um eric I, we had matt caps on on monday i want you to highlight the one guy that no one's talked about as a big sleeper, uh, Joe Musgrove. Yeah, I mean, he, he's some guy that showed potential last year. 
Um, I, personally, you know how I feel about the Pirates, so I'm I'm kind of fading those players. Uh, hopefully, Matt Caps isn't listening this week because you're insulting his team. Right <laughs> well, the now. big thing I know the big thing on the Pirates they got the new the new pitch coach in there, and they're gonna you know stop living in the the '90s with throwing fastballs all the time and start doing a little bit more of the the metrics under the hood so a lot of people are hyping up musgrove and mitch keller um but those ones too i think you know i don't know what kind of league you guys play in but i got some hawks in my league and i know they're listening to the same stuff i am so for guys guys (laughs) like musgrove and uh mitch keller like i look at them and immediately just add another three rounds earlier and say do i want them here um that's a very so, good point you know it, it, if he, if he's really there at 211 i'm all over that but you know i i'd expect joe musgrove goes closer to like eh, 180 or something in, in the leagues i play in right i think that's a very good point van i think a lot of people that listen i mean obviously not just to this podcast but you know any of the great ones in the industry uh guys like caleb smith joe musgrove um, you know, the, even guys like Dylan Bundy that have high upside, these guys aren't going to last to these spots. If you're playing with people that, that semi know what they're doing, um, these guys are going to probably go at least around earlier, if not sooner. Yep. Um, so again, I, I think this, it's good to, when you evaluate these players, determine in your mind how early you're willing to take. Are, are you a huge Joe Musgrove believer? Do you think he's a top 20 pitcher, top 30 pitcher? If so, you might have to go get him three rounds, like you were saying, Van, three rounds earlier than what you he's ranked. And that just shows your belief in that particular player. Definitely, yeah. I think people – I think analysts kind of avoid that question, but that's the question that I think people probably need to hear the most for almost any player is, like, how early is okay? And, it, you know, that's what you need to be comfortable with in a draft room because, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a, a weak pitching staff – it's not a good idea to wait till pick two eleven to to hope you get Joe Musgrove. Right. Um, moving to round nineteen. Um, again, uh, a nice mix of players here. Uh, Eric, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, tell me a couple guys that you would be uh, looking to draft. Assuming he comes back 19. healthy, I think Andrew McCutcheon's a good value here. I think Philly's a good offense. I think he's he's somebody that. Like I said, if healthy, will give you solid production. Uh, I like Jock Peterson a little more since he's first base eligible because then he can play corner infield. And with his power, I think it's a little more attractive. And uh, I like Verdugo. Uh, he was the main piece of the Mookie Betts trade. He's young. I could see him pl- having an everyday role. Um, and in round 19, I think is is great value. The one thing with Verdugo I will mention is that right now he's his back is still an issue right now. So I, I've heard actually whispers that there's a chance his whole season, however many games that is, could be in question. So I think that's a one thing to take in mind when if you do take Verdugo here. Yeah. Um, Van, what are, who are some guys you're looking at? Uh, there's I've got some fades in this area uh, to be honest, but I like to make. I, oh yeah, please please tell us who you're fading too. That's Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it kills me to say it. Um, but you know, I see, I see Yachty like my favorite all time Cardinal and, and Eric Hosmer, uh, you know, right next to each other. And they're kind of the same, 
the same story for me. I mean, catcher scarcity is a thing, but, you know, I just don't want these guys who, you know, I'm going to invest when there's so much upside around. I don't want to invest in a guy who I know exactly who they are. And it's just like, okay. Um, so, so those two I, I'm out on, but Aristides Aquino is, is probably the biggest fade here. I know, you know, he took the league by storm in August. Uh, the guy had 14 homers in one month. It was insane. But, um, you know, September that cooled off immensely. He batted 196. Um, you know, he still hit the ball pretty hard. But, you know, I'm looking at um, his XBA last year, the expected, expected batting average, and just what, like, projection systems have him this year at batting 240. And the biggest issue is not a 240 or 250 guy who can hit 35 home runs. It's that the Reds are so loaded with options. You got, you know, Akiyama, Castellanos, Winker. And then on the bench, you got Nick Senzel. And they like playing Josh Van Meter too. So now that uh, Suarez is healthy from, you know, the delays to start the season, you know, Aquino is going to be, you know, fighting for playing time with, at least two guys who are also on the bench with him. So it's like, why in the world would you pick somebody like that ahead of a guy, like you said, on Andrew McCutcheon, who's leading off for the Phillies, who can take a walk. Uh, You know, he's not going to take the league by storm, but, you know, next to a guy who might play only three games a week. No, thanks. Um, The the only other thing I'd say is I I think Gio Urshela, a, a lot of people are excited about him. Um, he made a, a swing change last year that you can read about um, that was really the reason behind his breakout last year. And a lot of people, um, you know, feel that that's legit. So uh, the Yankees seem like they're, they're, you know, back in Gio Urshela for the playing time. So with that lineup, the swing change, the numbers from last year, I like Urshela a lot more than, you know, the guys like Hosmer, Yachty, and Aquino in this range. And I think also with how great defense as he plays, I think that he's got that position probably locked down, um, considering that Miguel Andujar is no longer playing third base. Um, they have uh, uh, DJ LeMay, who locked in at second base, you know, a combination of Luke Voigt or Mike Ford at first. I, I think his position at third base defensively is safe, which makes it obviously that he'll be in the lineup Definitely. a lot too. Um, Art, one guy I want you to highlight, uh, your guy, Shinsu Chu. Is he a guy that people should be looking at? Shin, Shinsu Chu, uh, you could say a lot of the same things about him as you said about McCutcheon. He's going to be hitting at the top of a decent lineup. He takes walks. He's going to get the playing time. Chu actually also, if you're in a rotisserie league, I think Chu stole 15 bases last year sneakily for like a mid-30s guy. That's like some true aging serum going on right there. <laughs> but I love I love his walk rate, especially in a points league. The guy's going to go out there. He's going to give you – he's not going to give you a lot of negative days. He's going to be your fourth or fifth outfielder by draft position, but he might end up ranking as your second or third best outfielder at the end of the season. Good points, Art. Um, One guy I do want to highlight on, a couple you guys did highlight, is Eric Hosmer. I'm not a big Eric Hosmer guy, but I have been listening. I'm sure maybe you guys have heard this offseason as off season as well is he's been pretty stubborn with saying, you know, look, I've gotten this far with my swing. There's nothing wrong with it. 
And from what I'm hearing this offseason, he finally realized that he actually had one of the worst um, ground ball rates in the majors. He wasn't lifting the ball, um, which is why, obviously, his home runs are down. Um, and he was actually willing to work on his swing to get a little bit more locked on the ball and kind of rechange his launch angle. Um, so I do think Eric Hosmer has the potential. I mean, this guy still had almost 100 RBIs last year. And you would think maybe the offense is going to be at least as good as last year, if not better, with a full season of Fernando Tatis at top of the lineup. Um, and, you know, obviously they have some good pitching, so you would think they'd be in a lot of games to potentially win. Um, I think Eric Hosmer has high upside here. And at his cost at pick 221, um, this could be a good corner infield. Okay, yeah, in. I didn't know that he was working on a, a swing change. That'd be something to, to monitor for sure to see if uh... – you know, you can't put too much stock in preseason stuff, but if they do end up having some exhibition games, I'll I'll keep my eye on that for sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, obviously you make it to the majors, you feel like your swing is as good as it is, but when guys are willing to rework, I mean, especially in today's day and age of, you know, if you're not hitting the ball in the air, um, it's, you know, it, you're not fantasy valuable at it anymore because, that you know, we, we look for guys that can, you know, put the ball in the air, um, get the ball out of the park. Um, you put the ball on the ground, especially with these shifts that they have going now. Um, you know, your chances of, of being able to increase your batting average, you know, get home runs, everything is just hampered. So, yeah, it is someone I, I do think people should keep an eye on. But moving on to round 20, um, we are looking at picks 229 through 240. So these are the – this is the last round we're going to talk about today. Um a couple of the big type guys as well in this round here, and a couple guys that recently have started gaining some traction. So uh, let me start with you, uh, Van. Uh, why don't you tell us a few guys that you think you would take here? Man, uh, you know, there's some names, some some sexy names on this, on this list, just with Josh James, A.J. Puck, Joe Adele. Um, but the one I really want to talk about, is actually two picks outside of this list. Am I allowed to kind of dance out to pick 242? Please. Van, we'll break the rules Thanks. just Thanks. for you. Because, I, you know, I prepped. I did my math <laughs> wrong. Um, but, but the one I want to talk about, because <laughs> nobody nobody really hypes up CJ Crone. Um, but I think there's a lot to like there. It, it, it's just like, you know, people people get more excited about Kevin Crone. But CJ Crone is, uh, you know, kind of this 30-year-old, uh, sleeper who is now going to be batting it clean up for the Tigers. And I'm just going to throw some numbers out here. So, so last year he, he had 25 homers and 458 at bats. Um, he batted 253. So you see that and you're like, yeah, in today's environment, no big deal. Uh, but his expected batting average was actually 277. So it's actually like the inverse of, of Mark Canna, what we were talking about earlier. Um, and kind of the reason for that high XBA is the guy just hits the hell out of the ball. Like his barrel percentage, which again, going back to Eno Saris, the godfather, he says that barrel percentage is the number one stat cast number you want to look at because it's just proven to show uh, like on a repeatable basis who can mash and, and, and it's a good predictor of future stats. And CJ Crone's barrel percentage was top 5% in the league. Um, so if, if you give him a full 
a full season batting cleanup. I know it's not a great lineup, but if they're not going to be playing in Detroit, um, I only think that would help his kind of environment. Um, but yeah, last year his hard hit percentage jumped 8%, which is massive. His, his expected slugging percentage was top 9% in the league. He's, he's making less soft contact. Um, there's just a lot to like about CJ Crone and no one's really talking about him. And he's at pick 242. So that's a guy I'm kind of circling. It, it, it's not like you need him, but if, if you need a utility guy or a corner infielder, again, going to that first base eligibility, I love Crone that late. Van, I think it's also a key point you brought up there is that he's not being talked about a lot. And we were, you know, talking about the guys earlier that the whole industry is buzzing about. If someone like CJ Crone is someone that you believe strongly in, he might not be a guy you have to jump three rounds to get. And so if, if there's a guy like CJ Crone, like you're saying that you, you look into his analytics and you see that he has a hard uh, barrel rate, that's probably someone that maybe most people in your league don't notice. And, you know, uh, you don't have to get him as early. Um, I will tell you, he's definitely now on my radar. You yeah, unfortunately, stuff, so. my brother and a, a couple of the Sharks in my league will definitely be listening to this podcast. And now I'm going to have to reach probably closer to like 212 for Crone. But, you know, that's what we're talking about. You got to get used to like <laughs> the earliest you would take one of these guys. Yeah, I was I was looking at a right. statistic. Crone led the league in biggest difference between expected home runs and actual home runs. I think his expected home runs was like 38 or 39 last year. So... Uh, yeah, hitting only 25, he, he really got hurt by that big ballpark out in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, in a shortened season, yeah. too, like if he, if he gets hot, I mean, that'd be a good Vegas bet on, on grabbing C.J. Crone for like 10 bucks to lead the league in homers and make like $20,000. That's music to my ears. I might do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, there's a lot of guys here who have burned you in the past. You know, David, um, so I'm I want glad you to give me the one guy that you're not. I would this not take Hunter Renfro. <laughs> to me, Hunter Renfro is a guy that you know will end up on the waiver wire at some point this year. Um, he'll have one game with three homers and seven RBIs, and then maybe have like a homer the next day. And you're like, wow, he's shown some signs of potential. But then goes like 13 with like a streak, um, huge fade. All right, fair enough. Um, or I feel like one guy that you're probably looking at is Starlin Castro. Um, am I correct on that? I, I, I like Castro. I think Castro's going to get uh, playing time in Washington. In this round, the guy who's interesting, the most interesting to me is John Gray, though. I don't know what to do with him because he's out of Coors Field, but his numbers don't lead me to any conclusion that he's going to be much better. Uh, because he was sometimes really good in course field, sometimes really good on the road and bad in course field. But I, I really want to know what John Gray, like how, how high, if I think John Gray might be my last starter that I'm grabbing, should I grab him around ahead or can I wait till this round and get him? I'm wondering about him. I think it's interesting you bring that up because I think a lot of people have been talking about him now more since they're not going to be playing at course field. And now that the, the course field factors out of it, uh, he's shown he's been a pretty good mm-hmm. pitcher. So I, I would not be shocked to see him rise up the ADP ranks. All right, well, that's awesome, awesome stuff, guys. We're going to move now into our question of the week. Hit it, Chris Brown. Yeah, 
All right. Our question this week, there's been tons and tons of MLB jerseys throughout history. It can be a throwback. It can be a current jersey. But each of us are going to tell you our favorite jersey of all time. So, Eric, uh, I'm going to start I with you. What is your the favorite throwback MLB jersey of all time? Green of the 90s the, with the yellow trim. I figured you might go an Oakland Athletics route. I, I just I was looking at a lot of the jerseys. I had a few options. I, I thought somebody might pick that as well. Okay. Uh, all right, Art. What's what about you? What's your favorite of all? Well, time? I, I'm gonna my my very first answer is the Cubs pinstripe. I'm a Cubs fan. The pinstripe uniform I think is awesome, but I'm not gonna go that way because uh, I think I should go off of my favorite team. I I love the Marlins teal blue from their first season i don't know if that's if that you know looks dated now but when i was 13 that was the coolest uniform in all of baseball and i still think it's really cool that teal with the black letters marlin's jersey love that i do like that one uh van what about you old school marlin's was on my list i i also love the uh the old school D-backs I just watched on MLB when uh, Luis Gonzalez hit that uh, single against the Yankees. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. an honorable mention, but um, I got to go with the powder blue Cardinal uniforms. Um, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan. Ozzie Smith back in the day uh, rocking the powder blue. I also like, you know, there's two kinds because nowadays they'll wear some that have the STL crest on there. But I actually like the one where it's the, the baseball bat and the, the two Cardinals kind of perched yeah. on it. So that's just a little, yeah, little specification for mine. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the powder blue cards. All good choices so far, gentlemen. I, I want to give an honorable mention to the Houston Astros, uh, the one with the, like, the orange and the yellow, like, uh, fire thing. The white, like the, yeah, right? that's the, like the Nolan Ryan about. era. Y- yes, yes, yes. Um. But it actually took me a lot longer than I thought because I was going through a lot of old school jerseys. And I think maybe this is just because of the nostalgia. Um, but Eric and I grew up uh, playing MLB or MVP Baseball 2005. And that's where uh, we first kind of came into our love of baseball. You know, Eric and I are both under 30 and um, started following baseball in the early 2000s. And we, uh, one of the jerseys that really stuck out to me um, and I wish would come back is the Tampa Bay Devil Rays green vest jersey from the 2001 to nice. 2007 seasons. Um, I just loved the Devil Rays look. They had a couple nice alternates too, but that the one with the the green undershirt and they had the vest on top. I think this takes me back to the uh, old school days. Yeah, I like the uh, um, you know, the Diamondbacks had the the sleeveless for the ones I was talking about. But the key is you got to have the shirt underneath. Yes. Uh, when the Reds went with the true yeah. sleeveless, that was that was suspect. Well, again, I, I don't think there's no yeah. wrong decision here. All these old school jerseys are fantastic. This is Art with Triple Play Fantasy's baseball show. Sorry for the abrupt cutoff there, but we had some recording difficulties for the last section of the podcast. Didn't get to give Van a proper outro, but... Uh, what a great guest he was. What a great conversation we had. We want to thank him so much for coming on to our show and and for the insights. We hope to have him again on soon. We'd like to thank you all for uh, for listening, and we hope to see you again next week on Triple Play Fantasy's Baseball Show.